Hello, everyone. I want to thank you for joining me again this week for our Wednesday Bible study. I hope that you've been enjoying me uploading these to the Internet so that you can join in with what we're doing on Wednesday nights here at First Baptist Church in Gautier, Mississippi. Last week, my daughter Kaylin was sharing about her mission experience in Southeast Asia, and if you weren't able to join us for that, that is available on our private Facebook group, and so uh, you can look that up. I appreciate you watching it, watching it and uh, hearing her report of her mission work uh, this past su- uh, summer. So uh, today we are continuing our study in the book of James. And as we uh, think about James, we're going to be in James chapter 1 and look at verses 13 through 18. These verses deal with temptation. And temptation to sin is something that we all deal with. None of us are exempt from it. The sins that we are tempted to commit may be different from those someone else might deal with. Uh, For example, one person might deal with uh, a temptation for lying and uh, struggle with not telling the truth, whereas somebody else might struggle with the temptation to steal. Uh, And it may not be necessarily stealing a piece of bubble gum, or it might be uh, withholding a tithe. You know, in Malachi, it talks about uh, that if we withhold the tithe, that we are uh, robbing from God. And so uh, we, uh, we have different sins that we deal with and that we are struggling with, that we are tempted to do, but all of us have this in common. We deal with temptation. We deal with sin. Part of overcoming sin in our lives is to be able to effectively fight the temptation to sin. And if we're going to effectively fight the temptation to sin, we first of all need to uh, identify the source of our temptation. Now, humanity has a tendency to blame others for our temptations and our troubles and our problems. We'd lot rather blame somebody else than put the blame where it is due, and oftentimes that is on ourselves. That reminds me of one three-year-old's explanation for being in the kitchen atop a chair eating cookies. He told his mom, I just climbed up to smell them, and my tooth got caught. And so isn't that what we often do? We will find ourselves caught in the midst of sin and try to blame something else and so that little boy he uh he he was he was the one to blame because he decided to go ahead and get up and smell the cookies and then he just couldn't handle himself so we not only deflect blame like this three-year-old boy but we also have a tendency to say maybe these words here the devil made me do it Or sometimes we might even go as far as to blame God. You know, society will say that we're born a certain way or that we uh, have a certain tendency because that's the way we were made and therefore putting the blame on God. But James corrects such errors as trying to put the blame on God or put the blame on someone else or to put the blame on the devil. In James chapter 1, verse 13, and reading through verse 18, the Word of God says this, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and He Himself does not tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. 
Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our time in your word. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint our time together as I explain your word. And Father, I ask that you would give me the words that each of us need to hear and that you would bless each of the listeners as they go about their lives. And I thank you for them and and what they mean to you, to your kingdom, and to your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look in this passage today, uh, we first of all, we see that God does not tempt. We cannot blame God for any temptation because the word is very clear that God does not tempt. Now, of course, we're following a, a, a part of God's word where James is talking about the Lord using trials in our lives to increase our faith, to increase our endurance, to increase our strength, to increase our dependence upon God. Now here he's he's making it clear that God does not tempt. So when we go undergo through a trial, we don't need to put a a trial of temptation on God or to blame God. Now James here is kind of using a play on words to illustrate the difference between the two concepts, the concept of a trial and the concept of a temptation. Now we know that God may send trials our way, as I said earlier, for our teaching or correcting or even strengthening us. However, the temptations, according to the word of God here in James 1 and verse 4, excuse me, verse 13, is that, uh, excuse me, verse 14, is that it's our own desire. We are the ones that temptation comes from. And so the temptation comes from within ourselves. Now, he's very clear here when he tells us and explains that God does not tempt anyone because God is not tempted by evil. James was written after Jesus had already died. He rose again and ascended into heaven. Now, we know from the Gospels that while on earth, the devil came and he tempted Jesus to sin. Now, Jesus did not succumb to the temptation. He never sinned. He, he, He defeated sin. He defeated death and he defeated the grave because first of all he never did give in to any temptation that the devil brought now the word is very clear that god cannot be tempted by evil and so god does not tempt anyone to do evil and we can understand that god is not the source of temptation he 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 is holy three times holy, 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 holy. And there is no evil in God. There is no temptation from God to do evil. That temptation comes uh, from another source and we cannot blame God for the temptation that we deal with. Now, temptation source we see in verses 14 and 15. It says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So when we draw away from God, we are enticed by our own evil desire. Desire in and of itself is not evil. It is when we let those desires get out of God's will that they become evil. We have certain physical desires that God has put in us as he created us 
not only for our survival, but also for the survival of the human race. We, we have the desire to eat when we get hungry. There's that desire for food. When we are thirsty, there's that desire for drink. When, when, and as we, uh, as we get married and we, we have a desire for children to procreate and to further populate the earth, those desires are not evil in themselves. But let's take food, for example. Uh, I'm recording this at lunchtime, and so uh, it's getting about time for me to start getting hungry. And so to be hungry and to want to eat is not evil in and of itself. But when I'm eating something delicious that I like very much, and I decide to eat more of it simply because I'm enjoying the taste, and I go, go beyond being satisfied with what I've eaten, and I go to the point to where I am overeating and committing gluttony, that is when that desire for food has given birth to sin. And this can happen in several different areas of our lives, and we need to be careful that those physical desires that are inherent in us We don't let them go to the point of being temptation and then also sin. Now, I find it uh, very enlightening to us that verse 14 tells us, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and is enticed by his own evil desire. What's this drawn away here mean? Well, the drawn away indicates being drawn away from God, to, that we, we're drawing ourselves away. Now, God's not going to draw us away from himself. He's not going to drive us away. We, we're drawing ourselves away. We're walking away from the Lord. And when we are drawn away from the Lord, then that temptation gets in and it can overcome us and lead to sin. Now, this past Sunday, I quoted from Galatians chapter 5 as we were uh, in uh, the book of John looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and in Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18, uh, the apostle Paul tells us, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And so here James is telling us, uh, in James, of course, uh, to, uh, to not give in to temptation and not to blame God for that temptation. He, he uh, also tells us that there's an escape, which we're going to look at in a minute. But he, he's telling us that we, are, uh, we, we give in to that temptation or that temptation. Uh, let, let me go back to verse 14 in, in James 1. He says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. So the reason why I read Galatians 5 is because there's the solution to our own evil desire is that if we walk by the, the Spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So, so this, these two passages go hand in hand with each other in, in James 1 telling us that we, we are tempted when we are drawn away, but Galatians 5 telling us if we stay with God, then we'll not carry, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And, and so it is important here that we identify where the temptation comes from. The temptation comes from when we 
uh, by our own action are drawn away from the Lord, or if the enemy comes, if the devil is tempting us to be drawn away from the Lord and we give in to that temptation rather than walking by the Spirit, then that temptation gives birth to sin. And of course, we know that sin uh, produces death in our lives. But uh, I'm thankful that we can also understand that the Lord always provides us a means of escape. In 1 Corinthians verse 10, verses 12 through 13, it says, So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. Then verse 13, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to bear it. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is often a misquoted uh, verse of Scripture. Uh, people will say that God will not put on us more than we can handle. Well, that's not what this verse is saying at all. Uh, this verse is saying that the Lord will not let us be under more temptation than we can handle, that he's going to provide an escape for the temptation. Now, I've found in my own life, and you may have found in your life, that oftentimes we'll go through trials that are more on than they're oftentimes more heavy than we can bear. And of course, there is a difference between a trial and a temptation. God will put those heavy trials on us sometimes so that he can teach us uh, and grow us. And the, the lesson that we learn from those trials being so heavy that we can't bear them is we learn to depend upon God and, and to, to draw close to him and, and to walk step by step with him. But the temptation, when it comes, its source is not the Lord. It's from our own flesh. It's from the enemy. It's from the devil. And so when we come under temptation, there's a couple of things going on here. Uh, first of all, of course, that temptation coming from our own flesh or from the devil. And then in the midst of that temptation, what does the Lord do? He provides a means of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 again says, But with the temptation... He will provide the way out so that you may be able to bear it. And so if we, we need to be, we need to have our spiritual eyes open and, and be able to see that means of escape. And, and oftentimes a means of escape is not putting us in the place of temptation in the first place. We know that there are those times and those places where if we will go at certain times or if we will be in certain places that the temptation is there. Well, the first means of escape is not to go close to the temptation in the first place. But if we find ourselves in a situation where we did not see the temptation coming, but the temptation is there, if we will look for it, the Lord has provided the means of escape, and we simply must just take that means of escape away from the temptation. And so it's up to us to decide if we're going to take the means of escape or if we'll give in to the sin. Um, as I've grown in my walk with the Lord, as I've grown in my understanding of Scripture, uh, I have come to the, the thought that the only reason why a believer in Jesus Christ will sin is because that believer has chosen to sin. 
So we choose to sin. That's the only reason why we sin as believers is because we chose sin over God. We chose to give in to the temptation rather than taking the means of escape. And so we need to be careful to look out for that means of escape. Now, going back to James chapter 1, we find in verses 16 through 18 that God gives us only good things. God doesn't give us bad things. He does not give us temptation. He does not give us evil. He only gives us good things. Verse 16 says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. So here in verse 16, he's trying to get their attention. He's wanting them to understand that God does not tempt us. God does not send temptation. He does not send evil. There's no evil in him. Therefore, he cannot be tempted, nor can he tempt anyone to sin. And so God is the, the, he, he, sorry, uh, there in verse 16, James is getting their attention. Verse 17, he says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So here James is not only uh, making it clear that the good and perfect gifts come from the Lord, and they come from above, but he describes God as the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now think about this with me for a moment. You know, in this day and age, at night we can turn on uh, lights in our homes. We have street lights on the streets. Um, But if you lived out in the country or if you were out on the ocean and the lights were out and all you had was the stars or the, the moonlight, then you, you could see some shadows at night. Even with artificial light, you see shadows at night. Um, but think about the sunlight. Even with the sunlight, there are shadows. But both the sun and the moon are natural sources of light. Uh, they move through the sky. Uh, of course, we, we know if you go and, and really um, consider what's going on, the, the earth is, rota- excuse me, is orbiting around the sun while it's rotating on its axis. And the, uh, the moon, of course, is orbiting around the earth. And so that it, it, th- this orbit and rotation thing going on gives the sun and moon the appearance of going across our sky. But as they go across the sky, if you will, the shadows move during the day or during the night. And so as we think about God being the father of lights, who uh, does not change like shifting shadows, his light is constant. He is constant. He does not change. The Lord has never tempted us to sin. He's never tempted any human being to sin. Uh, You know, when we go back to the Genesis account in the Garden of Eden, Eve was tempted by Lucifer. She was tempted by that serpent. Uh, She was not tempted by God. God gave her the rule. He, He gave her the freedom, Adam and Eve, the freedom to eat of any a tree in the Garden of Eden, except for one, they had immense freedom and only one thing not to do. But the serpent tempted them the one thing not to do. And of course, what did we do? We gave in to that temptation. But God is constant. He did not tempt Adam and Eve. 
He has never tempted any human being. He never will tempt anyone to sin. He is the Father of lights. He's constant. And we, we can take solace in that. We can have confidence in that, that nothing that is of evil sorts, nothing of sin comes from our Father. But what does the passage say here after talking about him being the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows, talking about how constant the Lord is, how he is unchanging? What does he say? He says, by his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we could be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, there's two applications here in this uh, birth by the word of truth. All of us who are believers, we have the new birth through the word of truth. We have the new birth through the word of God. We have to hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. As the Holy Spirit works in our lives, as we hear the gospel, we respond in faith to the gospel, and therefore we are born again through the word of truth. But for the particular hearers of James' letter, James wrote his letter to Jewish converts who believed in Jesus Christ there in the first century. And so they were a kind of first fruits in the faith. Uh, I'd say 2,000 years later, we can't call ourselves first fruits in the faith. But the hearers of this passage, they were the first fruits uh, of the believers in Jesus Christ. And, and so as we look in this passage, as we come to understanding here, uh, we, we fight temptation by identifying it as coming from, our, from ourselves as well as from the enemy, understanding that the Lord gives us good and perfect gifts from above and that he is unchanging and that he will always give us a means of escape when we face temptation. And so I want to encourage you today that as we go through this earth, as we go through this life, as we deal with this flesh, to understand that you have a choice when it comes to sin. Jesus has given you that freedom. He has given you the ability to walk by the Spirit rather than being drawn away and has given us the promise that if we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So go with God, stay with God, and and be fruitful in your journey as a believer in Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me today. Let me say a word of prayer, and I look forward to seeing you Sunday morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you provide a means of escape whenever temptation comes. We thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you above. We thank you that you are unchanging. The sun may go from the east to the west. The moon may rise and fall. But Lord, you are unchanging. You are constant. And thank you for that. Thank you for your love that is unchanging. And may you be blessed in and through First Baptist Church in Gautier, Mississippi. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining me, and I hope that you have a great week.